Well, in case you aren't clued in, we're going to be talking today about gossiping. And I want you to turn to your neighbor really quickly, look them in the eye, and say, this one is for you. <laughs> All right? This one's for you. And I just want to throw this out there. If, if you've got something that you need to say about somebody, say it right now really quickly, because you're going to be too convicted later to do so. So if you need to get it out there, go right ahead. There were three preachers on a boat in the middle of a, a lake, a great big lake. Uh, a big storm blew up. Uh, I mean, it looked bad, and they had no way to get to shore, and it looked like they were going to meet their maker right there on that boat in the middle of the, snow, uh, in the, middle of the storm. And uh, one of the preachers said, you know what? Guys, it looks like that, uh, that we're going to die, and we're going to go out to meet God, and I just want to confess, get this off my chest, that I've been a kleptomaniac. I have stolen this from this person and this from this person. I've cheated on my taxes. I've shoplifted. Any way you can steal, I've stolen, and I've never got caught, and it's, it's just wearing me out, and I just need to confess that to you guys before we go down with this boat. The second preacher said, brothers, he said, I, uh, I hate to tell you this, but I've kind of got a similar problem to my friend, and, and I don't want to go to uh, heaven or wherever it may be that I wind up with this on my heart. I, I've, I, I've been kind of a closet alcoholic, and, and, you know, I drink and just do things that I shouldn't do, and, and I just got to get this off my chest right now before this boat goes down. The third guy, he just sort of took it all in. Kind of almost looked like he was memorizing what they said. I, and, and he said, I've just seen a break in the clouds over there, and I've got to confess to you guys both that I can't keep a secret, and I'm a terrible gossip. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit funny anyway, and some of you... Yeah, just, you know, just kind of setting, you know, he's, he's going to go back and tell what they said. And, and you, I tried it out on Kent, and he laughed downstairs. We're in this series called Necessary Losses, and what we're talking about are some things that we need to get out of our life that, that may not, in many situations... Uh, be obvious sin, uh, things that we'd be a lot better off without. Last week, we talked about lying. We talked about how we're all guilty of that at times, uh, about how we justify and rationalize and, and, and try to make our lies seem like they're okay. I, I think we do the same thing uh, with this topic of gossiping. Uh, they, uh, uh, the stories about other people, true or untrue, rumors, innuendo, just glide off our tongues, and we don't care what happens in the wake of what we say. I want to read this, this passage of Scripture to you that's uh, kind of foundational in uh, our sermon series this month, and it's found in, in, in Psalm 
139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. In other words, God, look me over intently and see what's there. Try me and know my anxieties. And God, see if there is any wicked way in me. You willing to say that to God? You willing to ask God to just see what needs to be different in your life? And then lead me, lead me in the way that is everlasting. That's not only scripture, it's my prayer today. That God would search our hearts and that God would, would indicate to us what needs to change in our life so that you and I could be fit for heaven. Well, let's define gossip because I think it means different things to different people. Uh, I saw several definitions, but in the context of the church and for our purposes today, I want to give you a quote from Pastor Rick Warren. And here's what Rick Warren says is is a pretty good definition of gossip. And, And I agree with him. Talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem nor part of the solution. Talking about a situation with somebody who's neither part of the problem or part of the solution. If you're doing that, Rick Warren says that you are probably gossiping. Would you agree? Amen? You're probably gossiping. And foundational to where we are as a church and to who you and I are as people of faith, or maybe you're here today seeking God, wanting to know how to be a part of his family and how to be a part of the faith. Foundational to us is knowing what God says about gossip. And, and just let me read for you Proverbs 6. Remember that, ver- that, that pas- passage in Proverbs 6 where the Bible just cuts to the chase. You know, there are times in, in Scripture where it's open to interpretation. But this passage right here, you know, there's no two ways about this. Here's what it says. These are the six things that God hates. Uh, if you look in the Hebrew there, it's really even a stronger word than the word hates. These things disgust God. They nauseate God. Bible goes on to say here, they are an abomination to him. They make him sick. And in verse 19, we pick up the topic of gossiping. It says, God hates a false witness who speaks lies. And God hates one who sows discord among the brethren. Pretty clear, isn't it? If you're a gossip, if you're a rumor monger, if you are sowing discord, if you are dragging people down rather than lifting them up, if you're doing what you can with your tongue to hurt other people, God hates it. God hates it. God hates gossip. Now, it seems to me, uh, if you stop and think about it, 
that there are really a couple of reasons why God hates it. Reason number one, and I don't have this listed on your outline and you can add it, is, is first of all, when, when you're talking about people in an attempt to destroy them, when, when you're lying about people, gossiping about people, when, when you're trying uh, with the language that you use and the conversations that you have uh, hurt people, when you disregard their reputation and their feelings, that's an indication of a dark heart. Amen? Uh, of, of something that's wrong, something that's not godly at all in your life. It's an indication of a darkened heart in a darkened world. Secondly, uh, this, this is even clearer to me. It may not be as obvious if you're not a parent, but if you're a parent, you're going to get what I'm going to say. I have four children, and uh, they've all made mistakes. They're probably a little better than your kids, but they've all made <laughs> mistakes, right? And, and every once in a while, I'll talk about them. I will, and I will say good things, and I will say bad things. I'll talk about them, and I'll talk about them right here sometimes, amen? I've told you stuff you didn't need to know. But let me tell you what, you better not be talking about them, amen? You better not be talking about my kids, you know? And here's what God says, listen to me. God, who has the heart of a parent, says, you better not be talking about my children. I know they're not perfect. I, I know that my children have faltered and stumbled. I know that my children have sinned against me. I know they have disappointed me, but I love them. Amen. That's good news. You better say amen. It may not get any better. <laughs> I love them. How does it make you feel when somebody talks about your kids? I want to hit people. I mean, that, that gets to me quicker than anything. And I believe it breaks and burdens and, and it gets God's dander up. God gets mad when people talk about his children. Don't you? Makes sense, doesn't it? Bible says God hates it. He hates it when people talk about his children. So if God hates this in such a passionate fashion, why do we do it? You ever ask yourself that? Why, do you, why is it so innate in our hearts and in our lives, in, in our culture, in, in our conversations, what, it almost looks like at times that our world is kind of built on gossip and innuendo. Why do we do it? Why is it so appealing to us? Bible, Bible says this in Proverbs 18.8. Kind of, kind of gets to it. The words of a talebearer, a gossip, are like tasty trifles. Maybe your translation says tasty morsels. 
If they would have written the Bible in northern Kentucky, it would have said like graters, blackberry chip, ice cream. Tasty morsels. We're going to have to go there this afternoon now that I've talked about it. It, it, It's attractive. It's it's appealing. And the Bible says, listen, it, it settles in our spirit. Did you see that? It gets to our inmost so, so reason number one that we gossip is, is it's just sickening, sickeningly attractive. We enjoy hearing dirt. Now you're looking at me kind of pious out there like, I mean, let me just tell you this. Jerry Springer wouldn't still be on TV if we didn't like to hear dirt, would he? Reality shows would be out of business if, if we didn't like to hear dirt. A good number of websites would be out of business if we didn't like to hear dirt. There's something strangely weird about all of us that is attracted to garbage like that. And I'm not sure why. Secondly, Sometimes being on the inside, having inside information, hearing something about someone, being the one who can either keep it or tell it kind of makes us feel important somehow. Again, in a strange sort of way. Makes us feel important. Uh, it's, it, it, it's kind of strange because... We ought to hate to know bad things about people, shouldn't we? You know, if somebody does something they shouldn't do within our congregation and you hear about it, you ought to hate to know that. But so often that's not true. Number three, you enjoy gossip because others looking bad makes you look better. We're big at comparing, aren't we? And I have looked around the room today and determined that 93% of you have more problems than me. (laughs) And 72% of you are more likely to sin in the next hour than me. And I feel good about that. Comparing yourself against other people, seeing people stumble and and, and people get in situations that are... uh, burdensome and problems and sinful can make you feel better about yourself. I mean, just the success of other people sometimes is irritating, isn't it? Remember those bumper stickers that maybe you as parents have on your car that says, my child is an honor student at Name the school, Burlington Elementary, Cooper High School. My child's an honor student there. Did you see the ones that came out right after that that said, my child can beat up your honor student that people put on there? Yeah, sort of the same theory, isn't it? You know, you know, other people's success irritates you, and so you kind of want to drag people down sometime. Maybe you're just unhappy with your life. You know, I know people who are miserable, and they want 
that misery to be contagious. If things aren't good with them, they want to make sure that things aren't good with anybody. And, and gossip's a great tool to drag people down into misery with you, isn't it? Maybe you're just unhappy with your life. Maybe you're insecure. You, you don't feel good about who you are. And so the opportunity uh, to vent, to converse about someone else in a negative way kind of causes you to feel just a little better temporarily. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons, I think. And, and if you're caught in that rut of gossip, if it just comes easy to you, if, if, if you have conversations on a regular basis that don't help but rather destroy, then I think it's time that you just stopped and said, if not this reason, then, then why? Why am I so prone to this? Why is it so easy for me? Why do I care so little about what my words do? to overcome, or or to other people. So, how do we stop? What do we do to stop? How do we overcome this? How do we move to a place where we identify that what we're doing is harmful, what we're doing is sinful, what we're doing is not necessary at all? How do we move to a place where we just don't want to be a part of gossip? I believe we do that by answering three questions. The first one's just sort of an acid test. Is is what I'm saying helpful or hurtful? Sometimes we just talk to be talking and it doesn't fall into either of those categories. But when we move to the subject of other people and what's happening in other people's life, is what I'm saying helpful or harmful? Am I building someone up or am I tearing them down? Does what I have to say about them shine a good light on them or is it dark? I promise you that there's something in every life represented in the building today that you don't want other people to know. That, that you wish people didn't know about you and, and wouldn't tell about you. There, there are things you know about other people that are either helpful or harmful. And because we're the smartest people in all of Boone County, we know the difference, right? Amen? You don't need me to tell you if that would hurt someone or help someone. And you know in your heart this morning, if you delight in hurting or you delight in helping, is this conversation helpful or harmful? The the church has its own gossip vernacular. You ever notice that? Uh, The church ought to be the place where we keep secrets the best, not secrets about ourselves because what we uncover God covers but we we ought to keep things that hurt other people to ourselves the best it ought to be a place where gossip is foreign to our spirit but instead of it 
being that way, we've learned to gossip and still sound holy, haven't we? Let me give you a few examples. You know, Brother Paul, not talking about you, Paul, but just a name that popped into my head. You know, Brother Paul is a really good singer. I love to see him in the choir. Just sometimes I can smell a little alcohol on his breath when he's up there singing. He's a great singer when he's sober, in other words, you know? Or would you please join me in praying for our dear sister? She is such a good teacher and works with the children. And I just hope that they don't find out what happened over in the courthouse the other day and what her record looks like now. Let's pray for her. Sometimes we call the gossip line the prayer chain. Huh. I've walked past small groups and, and, and Bible study classes meeting on Sunday mornings and at other times and heard them talking about anything other than what's in the Scripture. So when we gather in groups sometimes... What about when you get in the car on your way home? Who do you roast? I mean, it can happen, right, guys? Amen? Let's be honest. It can happen. And we disguise it very, very well. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? And then there's this little bump in the road. Well, if it's true, then it's not gossip. You ever said that? If it's true, well, none of us have ever been able to tell a story without embellishing it a little, right? If it's true, it's not gossip. But the fact of the matter is, just because something is true doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be said. Write that down, what I just said. I didn't say it exactly right, so don't blame me if it doesn't get right on your document. Question number two that you need to ask yourself, am I making private matters public? Am I making making private matters public? Am I talking about something to the world, to everyone I see, that should be a private matter? And, And what happens in our culture used to be if I found out something about you guys that 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 was good, tasty morsel of gossip, I'd have to call three or four hundred people. I'd have to spend the day getting it out there. But now you know what I can do? I can go to Facebook. I can put it right out there and 2,694 people will see it. I can go to my Twitter account, tell a lot of people how crazy you are and what a mess you've made of yourself. I can text my whole 
uh, library of contacts. I could email my whole library of contacts. I could tell them everything and anything that I wanted to tell them. And people believe if they see it written down, if it's on Facebook or Instagram or, or, or whatever social medium you use, if it's written down, gossip becomes gospel. Right? And, and we thrive on that. Just this morning, I woke early. I wanted to pray, but somehow or another, instead of praying, I opened my computer and started looking at Facebook. That'll make you pray after you get on that stuff. And, and I'm reading about a, a couple who both are my friends who are in a former church that I pastored, and they're getting a divorce, and they hate each other's guts right now. And she's writing all this stuff about him and, 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 and just saying terrible things, and he chimes in uh, at the bottom of her uh, status and, and, and tells his side of the story, and he called her a name or two that we can't say here in church. And I'm thinking, this is bad. This shouldn't be happening. But I kept reading. <laughs> kind of waited on there just a little while to see if they'd say anything else. It is so easy, so easy to literally destroy another human being in this culture where social media is so prevalent. Let me me read something to you that is, is maybe the saddest aspect of this whole message. It has to do with teenage suicide. You realize that teenage suicide increases more rapidly than any other form of death. And that 11 out of 1,000 teenagers will commit suicide. Realize that? And the number one cause of teenage suicide has become bullying and gossip on social media. Alexis Pilkington, 17, committed suicide in March of 2013 because a number of cyberbullying attacks that she received from social media websites and lies told about her on the internet by her friends that she couldn't prove to be wrong. Ryan Halligan, 13, hung himself because of harassment he received at the hands of his peers. They spread untrue gossip, told him if he didn't like it to kill himself, and drew him into an online conversation that was copied and pasted and spread to the entire school. There are thousands of these stories. And they come as a result of gossiping. They come as a result of people doing something that maybe they believe to be harmless, but will literally lead to someone so desperate that they kill themselves. Third question I want you to ask yourself. Am I permitting others to gossip? 
I, I think some of us sort of excuse ourselves in a way because maybe we're not the bearer of the tale. We're not the uh, passer-on of the tasty morsel. But we sit and we listen. Maybe nod, give tacit approval. We're part of the problem. We're part of the environment that allows it to happen. And it isn't just wrong to speak the gossip. It's also wrong to listen. So what do you do when you get around somebody who just has to tell you something bad about someone else or they can't have a conversation with you? Have you ever thought of just saying, you know what? Shut up. (laughs) But because we're Christians, we wouldn't just say, shut up. Well, we might. But we'd say, honestly, I'd rather not hear that kind of stuff. Honestly, if that's all you have to say, let's quit talking. You ever thought of being that direct? I promise you, if you say that to a gossip a time or two, they'll leave you alone. They'll learn their lesson. Here's the bottom line on this stuff. If someone gossips to you, they'll gossip about you. They'll gossip about you. You see, what I want you to see today is is the power of our words and what God really thinks, how God really feels about how we treat one another and about how we ruin one another's reputations and drag one another down. And I want you to know that God desires that his house be completely different from that. God desires his church to be completely the opposite. That this place be a place that's safe. That this place be a place of grace and forgiveness. Where gossip comes to die. Where innuendo and reputation murder have no place. Because foundational to our faith, foundational to our relationship with God is this final truth today. Your words matter. They have eternal ramifications. Your words matter. What what you say, what erupts from your spirit will either lead you closer to God or pull you further away. They'll help others to draw closer to God or cause them to want to run from his presence. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 12. I say to you that every idle word you speak, everything you say, whether it, whether it be in a moment of, of truth or just a moment of gossip, every word you say, you will give account of on that day of judgment. Wow. Every word you say. 
I didn't know God kept that good a record, did you? Every word you say. For by your words, Jesus goes on to say, for by your words you will be justified. Justified means that you will be fit for heaven. Just as if you'd never sinned. Justified. For by your words you'll be justified. And by your words you'll be condemned. He's talking about eternity there, guys. Do you see that? What you say has eternal ramifications. There are some people who will miss heaven because they can't quit talking about people. There will be some people who don't live with Jesus in glory forever because all they could do while they were here on this planet is to destroy others with their work. Wow, I'd never thought about it that way. I'm just reading the Bible to you. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Isn't it time for us to stop and say to God, search my heart. Take a good look at my mouth and change me. Change me. I don't want to do the things that you hate, God. I don't want to hurt people. I want to bring people to you. I want to demonstrate your grace. You never know how much your words matter. You'll never know. Pray with me. Father, we come to this time where we respond to you. There's no gray area here. Your truth is black and white. It's sure and certain. There are some things that you hate. Things that destroy our relationship with you. But your grace is bigger than those things. And so in this moment of invitation, we can find forgiveness, we can find salvation, we can build a relationship or begin to build a relationship with you. There are people in this room today, Father, who are are worn out, struggling to deal with problems and burdens and sin in their life, struggling to deal with woundedness and addiction. There are people in this room today who are worn out. They need to hear a word of forgiveness and grace, Father. They need to know how much you love them. They need to know that life can be different and heaven can be theirs. And so would that message ring loud and clear in every heart today. May we know the truth. May the truth set us free. Father, this is your invitation. You know every heart. You've heard every word. And now we decide, every one of us decides today, Father, 
do the things you love or the things you hate, to come running to you or to walk away sad. We all decide right now. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand and sing. I want to invite you to come and pray, come and share a burden with me, come and trust Jesus. I want to invite you to this communion table on either side. It's a place where you celebrate how much God loves you. It's a place to begin again. It's a place of forgiveness. It's a place of joy. Whatever God asks you to do right now, you don't hesitate. Come.